Uh, it's good to see you here today. I hope you're doing amazing. You look good. You really do look good for being as hot and muggy as it is. When it gets hot and muggy like this, my hair goes pfft. So I don't always look great on these days. So it's good to see you guys. Today we, we launch a brand new series. And if this is your first time here, we always joke, if it's your first or last time here, we hope it's amazing. Um, we, we really do just hope that you just uh, find a place where you can just grow not just in your faith, but grow in family, because I think the two are interconnected. I think that God is really just drawing us into a deeper walk. And today we're going to launch on a brand new journey for the, the month of June. And uh, I'm excited about it, called My Summer Body. And just thinking about my own physical, personal body, I don't, just being a pastor doesn't always require that you do manual labor, but in certain seasons, I feel like that's all it allows you to do is manual labor. And so we're like demo, uh, doing demolition. Just like my life, it's been a lot of projects that I don't normally do. And so my body's been stressed, and I've kind of felt that. And I don't know about you, like when you have like something that you don't normally do, but you realize you have muscles that you didn't know that you had. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Taryn ran a 5K last night, and she woke up, or last night, she was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And running on the beach, it kind of pushes different muscles, your calves and different things work out. And we all have those different things, and I've kind of felt that in my own body. And so my hope and, and, and you know, uh, kind of perspective for this series is that we kind of wake up to uh, s- some muscles that we didn't know we had. Uh, it, not just in our physical bodies, but more so in our, our spiritual bodies and our minds and and how God's created us, and begin to work these muscles because I believe they're the building blocks, the foundation of spiritual growth. And over the past month, we've been talking about the body of Christ, but really this series is going to be like looking at ourselves as individuals and saying, God, what are you, what are you doing inside of me, and, and how am I growing? What, what's really happening inside of me? Because it's kind of sad what's happened in the American church is that we've become very much... Um, dependent, and I don't mean dependent in a good way in which we're dependent on God, but we've, or in a good way that we're dependent on one another, which is biblical, but dependent in a way that, like, if, if you know, it, it's all about what we can be fed on Sundays, and there's not this daily communion, this daily relationship with our source of life, our source of truth, our source of energy comes from, from God himself and not just another person. And I, I don't think we experience the depth and power of, of walking with God um, when it's just this, you know, get a little dose here on Sunday or, or whatever time we, we kind of have these church interactions. So I just want to walk deeper into uh, just what it means, and, and some people would call these things spiritual disciplines, but um, w- w- I'll kind of view them just a little bit differently, and just kind of our spiritual body, and just kind of working out our whole body and waking up to some muscles we didn't know we had. So today we're going to start with talking about the Bible, not only the nature of the Bible, because most of us, if we really, if I asked you, like, where'd the Bible come from? You'd be like, God? And, and that's like a, 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 you know, like a, a good answer. Um, but there's, there's more to it. And so we want to talk a little bit about that so that we're informed. But we also want to talk about how do we read the Bible? Some of us have never really even thought, like, how do we read the Bible? Like, when we open this up, do I just kind of start reading? And so I'm going to give us some really practical, kind of in-depth stuff on, on really the Bible and, and how to, to do it. So we're just going to take our time and just kind of walk through this beautiful gift that God's given us. And I'm really excited about it. Um, and, and so we'll just kind of wade ourselves in, into uh, the water uh, here, here in just a moment. But I'm just excited about series, excited about what God's going to be doing. Next week, we've got a big beach bash out at, at, uh, out at Jack's Beach. It's going to be a lot of fun, just to let you know. Go ahead, early announcement right now. 
Jack's Beach, just south of the pier, third, or First Street and Third Avenue, right there. There's like a, a little restaurant right there. Lots of parking. Uh, 3.30 next week, so that's going to be fun. Beach volleyball, you know, all that stuff. It's right in front of the volleyball things is where we'll be. So anyway, just a little announcement. So I'm excited about this month. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but the first thing I want to tell you today is that you've got to realize that you're a theologian. Did you know that? Like you're a theologian. Like we all have theology. We just have good theology or bad the- theology. Um, it, really, theology comes from the kind of the Greek words, Theos meaning God and uh, logos meaning word. So when we talk about um, really word or pattern or study of a lot of the ologies, it's the st- anthropology is the study of humans. Is that what anthropology is? Or the, all the uh, ologies? They're I- I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. Um, of course, the one example I use. So, um, but anyway, it, so the ologies means study of. So it's the study of God. And so really, we have theology, but if it's not based on something. I think early on, like, I had a lot of good ideas as a young man, a lot of kind of wise thoughts, so I thought. But what I realized over time is that these were based on nothing except my own kind of experience, and it had to be rooted and founded in something. And so some of us, even with our, uh, you know, maybe non-believers, we've been around, you know, um, you've had someone and you want to kind of start somewhere. Where do I start with them to kind of speak life? And we usually start at the Bible, but that's usually not the best place to start in kind of conversation with people because they might not believe in the Bible. You know, and, and so we're going to dive into that and kind of how to walk through that, how it's life-giving for us and, and for just the, the call that God's given us. So, um, so really the, being a theologian is really about approaching the Bible to, to learn from, from God. And it's funny, I, I heard uh, one person talking about it and said that a lot of uh, schools, in Christian schools and seminaries, they used to be called schools of theology. There would be a school of theology, but now they're called schools of religion. And we can act like those things are the same thing, but they're not. Uh, uh, studying religion and, and studying God is, is kind of two different worlds, and so it's important that we understand our role, that we are actually, we're actually theologians, kind of taking that, think about it going into a gym, like I don't know if you've been in a gym in a while, I haven't, I've been doing a lot of things to work, work muscles and, and work out, but not in a gym, just kind of deleted our, our gym membership, weren't using enough with two little kids, um, so anyway, but if you haven't been in a gym in a while, you walk in, and like you can not have confidence, you feel like everybody else is a bodybuilder, they've been doing this their whole life, but I, I want us to be able to approach the Bible like we're supposed to be here, like this is given, this is for us. You know, this is really an environment we can feel comfortable and have confidence. But most of us, when we open the Bible, we're actually like, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> you know, we just kind of open, we're like, I don't know wh- what's happening here. So we're going to kind of dig into that today uh, and really look at it. kind of not just the nature of the Bible, but how do we read the Bible. Let's start with, with just some Q&A and first asking the question, like, what is the Bible? Like, God help me, what, what is the Bible? And first, it's, I, I believe it's, it's God breathed, it's inspired. That's a term we get from 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to look at it in just a second. But it's the story and truth of God revealed. It's story and truth of God revealed. And it's infallible rule of faith and practice. It's not just for faith, but it's also practice. And, and so we're going to talk more about what this kind of looks like. But I think that's the, the simple answer for us. It, 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 it's a a complete work of, of thousands of years of different authors. And many of us, when we read in the Bible, we see such diversity. But God is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. And there is unity within the diversity. And at, at plain sight, when you look at it, you're like, this does not make any sense. But you have to kind of study God as a whole. It, you know, some will, will just look at a piece 
and, and make an opinion about everything, and we'll talk more about that. But you have to take God as a whole and kind of what has, has, has formulated. So it's, it's, it's for rule, uh, a rule for faith and practice. God breathed this idea that God inspired men to, to write it. Many authors were written, it was over centuries of time. I mean, it's just incredible how long this has been going. Some of the oldest books um, just written down, it, it's quite incredible. So that's really where we, we know what the Bible is. Um, I, I, and then how, do we, how, how did it get here is the next question. How did the Bible come to be? Um, it is the next question we have to look at. And we realize that, first of all, God revealed himself to men. He, when we say that he inspired it, he breathed it, that he revealed himself to men to pin these things down. And, and over time, that's what it means to be inspired, is that, that, that God breathed into it, and he, and he brought things to their, to their memory. These were people that were closest to the scene of the action. And, and so I think there's, there's kind of three things that kind of walk through with how the Bible came to be. Uh, I think it's one, it's revelation, that's the first thing, revelation that God revealed himself um, to, uh, to men to, to, to pin these things down. Uh, I love the way uh, Augustine um, said it, and he said, basically, you can be in a room filled with beautiful objects, but everything is dark until someone turns the light on, and that's basically kind of what happened, is what revelation is, and it, for us in our lives, it's revelation. We can't really know and understand scripture unless God reveals his light to us, and that's why the scriptures talk about a veil. There's a veil over those that don't believe, that when you look at scripture, it's not life-giving to you, but for those that believe, the veil is off, and that God shines his light into it, and that it, it's like all, now we see all these beautiful objects every time we come to it because the lights are now on. I love that kind of phrasing, that understanding. But the Bible came to be over a long period. There was the, what's known as the Pentateuch or um, the, the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, uh, Genesis, Exodus, you know, uh, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That was kind of like the early, that was the law. So when we see things referred to in the New Testament of the law, that's really what we're they're looking at is that those first five books is really where that kind of came from. That was kind of, the, it was passed on, you know, by verbally and then by scribes that had written it down. So that's the second thing, transmission, that it was written down from the original documents and transferred, you know, by scribes to, to where it could be mass produced. And, and this has been a place, transmission has been a place where people want to undermine the gospel, which it's kind of funny that they don't undermine as much revelation as they try to undermine transmission, which is funny to me. Like, we're more accepting of the idea that God would in, like inspire as even more so than how it would be transcribed because men are involved, right? And so it's just that kind of believing that, that God can use people like you and I. And uh, this idea of transmission that, that happens over time, you know, because, and it's amazing because uh, they always try to undermine it by saying, look, there's omissions and errors in some transcripts. And you'll see that in little notes within your Bible, like uh, some, some, you know, versions or, or, or some, you know, scripts didn't have this or they did have this. And, but 99.9% of the time, those things had nothing to do with the actual context um, with that, it was just kind of grammatical errors at times um, from transcribing uh, and, and doing the transmission over time. And the, the last part is transmission. So the, the question is, like, how can, how can we trust this Bible if it's been translated so many times into so many different languages? Well, and, and there's different types of translations. Like when you go to read a, a translation, there's 
what's known as word-for-word translations, which are great for study. Uh, the, the King James, the New King James, the New American Standard is what I study from in my personal study, are word-for-word translations from the Greek, from the Hebrew. The Old Testament's in Hebrew and the, the New Testament is in Greek. And so it's, it's from those, um, from those uh, languages, not from English. Now, now some translators that are um, paraphrase, they'll paraphrase from New Testament, and, and you see the difference of, of quality in, uh, in translation, that it can actually change what's being said, but when you move from the, the Hebrew, move from the Greek and do word for word, you know, and, and the Greek language is completely different from the English, you know, so, but it, it gives us this really clear perspective, so there's word for word, which is Greek word to, you know, English word, or Greek word to Spanish word, and however many translations there are in the world, and then there's thought for thought, which is like your NIVs, your, your New Living Translations are thought for thought. You know, so it's the, the general idea, and, and I'd say 97% of those are like pretty much dead on with the others. But there's about 3% that I think you'll find that are, there's just a, a little bit, I think it gives it a little bit different meaning if you look at a word to word. So it's important that we kind of, you know, look at that as well. And there's paraphrase versions, which are, are not great for, I, I think, really knowing the true meaning. It can really be inspirational sometimes. But I think it is important we always kind of do those alongside a word for word, a thought for thought, in which we can get it real clear. Stuff like the message, stuff like that. We were in a, a Christian bookstore one time and we came across a book called Word on the Street. You may have seen this. It might not be in bookstores anymore. I assume it's not. Um, but it was called Word on the Street. And literally, I've, I've been around the streets. You know, I haven't been on the streets. I live on the streets. But I've been on the streets. The, the, the translation is called Word on the Street. And I thought, people on the street like, would not even think this is legit. They'd think this is ridiculous. Because what they did is they would make, you know how we have chapter and verse. So like within a chapter, it would say verse chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, and they had just like completely, and it was like in rap form, and it was like really, really silly, and we're like, how is this even like in the Bible section, like, anyway, that's neither here nor there, but I think we can, we can trust these, because that, first of all, it's been done by like just really master theologians in the world, like if anybody understands these things, the people that are translating these are, and so you can do research on the translation just by Googling it, everybody knows Everybody knows about Google? Have you heard of that? You guys heard about that? Okay, good. You can Google it and, and just find out about the translation, who wrote it, like what, like what their perspective is. And most of them, I think you find that are, are very credible. Um, so then we get into the question of what is the Bible for? What's the Bible for? And I think we look to the scripture, and, and it tells us what the Bible is really here for. Second Corinthians, or Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. This is going to be kind of a, you know, us moving forward into the depths of it. Second Timothy uh, chapter 3, all scripture is God-breathed. It's God-breathed, inspired. It, it's the word pneuma, which we, uh, which we know as spirit. When we see at the very beginning uh, in Genesis that God breathed out, it's the same idea. Uh, Roah is the Hebrew word. In, in the New Testament, it, it's uh, for spirit, it is pneuma, the, the breath of God. He breathed out. He was hovering out over the earth. Is God-breathed. It came from it. And it's useful for teaching, saying for us to grow. It's here for us to grow. If I asked everyone in this room, do you want to be a better mom? You'd say, yeah. If you want to be a better dad, yes. Do you want to be a better man? Yes. Better woman? Yes. Do you want to be a better employee, a better boss, just a better person? You'd say, yes. It's useful for teaching. And this is the part where I I don't think we really dive into rebuking and correcting and training in all righteousness. And that's saying that, look, we get it wrong. 
We, we get it wrong. Like, we need to be corrected sometimes. And I think all the time, really, when we approach the Bible, our approach is all wrong, and we say, God, tell me everything that's right. Let, let me affirm everything that I already believe. And we don't look, God, where am I going wrong? Where am I going wrong? God, correct me if I am wrong. And, like, and I think we have to ask ourselves the question, am I willing to allow God to correct me? Am I willing to be challenged by another believer? And I think that's really when we understand true unity. It's easy to be unified, you know, when we really don't have these moments where, like, I'm doing something wrong, like, someone's got to speak that into me and move forward. But that is what Scripture is for. It's a foundation for us to turn to and for us to be able to teach and correct or rebuke and train in righteousness. Righteousness is this big word, but it simply means right thinking and right actions. You may be doing everything right, but your thought process may be completely whack. You may be doing all the deeds, but you don't understand the gospel because you don't have the right thinking about what righteousness is. It doesn't come from just you perfecting and being all just. It comes from having a relationship with Jesus in which you love him so much, you've been changed by his grace and where it comes from there. So you have to have right thinking and right actions, and that's what this is. It's to, to where we can be trained in that. Uh, verse 17 so that the servant of God, you and me, may be thoroughly, like, fully equipped, fully equipped for every single good work. Like, how many of you, like, right now, like, you don't feel fully equipped? Like, okay, don't, probably don't feel fully equipped, and, and but God's word is here to bring us to, to being fully equipped. God's set up the church to be a nurturing agent in which we come together to grow, the first thing there in, in verse 16 is really about growth, teaching, like forward progress. Is there forward progress happening in our life on a weekly basis? Not because someone's telling us everything, but because we have a real relationship with God. Someone doesn't have to poke and prod us, but we're just like in love. We're, we're, we're just loving this word, and I'm hoping that we can get some confidence as we kind of dig into this process of how do we read the Bible, where we feel good coming into the gym. We're excited to, to work. We're excited to, to study and just spend time with God through his word. And he's put it here for this very purpose, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, every good work. All right, so we're going to kind of make a, a little bit of a, a transition here to not just kind of the nature of the Bible, which is what we've talked about, you know, what is it, kind of, how did it get here, you know, you know, what is it, is it, what is it good for, you know, what those type things, and really move on to how do we read the Bible, how do we read the Bible, and we're going to get into kind of some practical stuff here in just a minute, and that'll be fun, so how do we read the Bible, I think the first place that we do is just kind of humility in prayer, and like a, I, I say a very simple prayer every time, like, God, just speak to me, like, meet, meet me here. Like, sometimes we think our, our prayers have to be super elaborate, and like, your super elaborate prayers are not impressing God. Uh, Jesus talked about this. He said, you go out and you, you want to make sure everybody hears your prayer, you make it super long, and, you know, the, the simple, honest prayer, I, I think, is is more powerful than all the beautiful words that you could ever put together. Just something that's real. Like, God, you know I'm struggling. I don't have to tell you. You're God. You know? God, please, like, speak to me. I think if we just open the scripture, and, and what we're going to see here in just a second I'll talk about, is that we, we walk in and we immediately move to application. Like, God, so let me find something. I'm really going through a hard time. Where is that scripture about 
people that are going through hard times. Oh, yeah, 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 that's where, that's where I need to be, right? Isn't that kind of really how we, we do it? And not that the scripture's not here for that, but that's how we approach it. Like, let me find the application immediately. We skip a couple things to start with. One, prayer. Like, God, speak to me. Like, reveal yourself to me. I'm, re- I'm ready for you to speak. All the time around the house, it's, <laughs> um, I'm a man, as you can tell, um, which it's, it's very funny. I told somebody this earlier. Um, Beckett, I, I shaved my face, and Beckett came up, and he rubbed it, and he goes, Mama, <laughs> Mama. And I was telling somebody early, earlier, as long as he doesn't come up to her and go, Dada, then we're going to be okay. <laughs> it's okay for him to say I have a nice, smooth face. But, um, but in our house, it, it's funny, like, w- with two little ones kind of in the house, things are loud and crazy sometimes, and, and she'll be trying to tell me something, or I'll be t- trying to tell her something, and we'll always be like, did you, did you hear me? Did you hear me? And like, no, I had no idea you even said that. And there's all this miscommunication because one of us isn't listening to the other. We're doing something else. So, but if we just connect and say, hey, like where you're really looking at me and I know she's ready for me to speak. Or she gets my attention and she knows I, I'm ready for her to speak. There's a, a much better chance, I think, light years ahead that I will understand and receive what she has to say and remember it. Am I not right? And, and, and so I think we have to approach a scripture like that and, and say, God, I'm ready for you to speak, first of all. Like, I'm shutting the distractions. I, I'm just, you know, I'm just not doing a, a bathroom flip through the Bible type thing, get me a little proverb to move on. But God, I'm in a moment where I'm really ready for you to, like, speak to me. So I think that's the first place. And it's a humble place that says you're the source of truth. You're the source of life. You can breathe just like you breathe into those people to write these things, you can breathe into my very situation right now, and I don't have to begin to manipulate it to make it happen. I think the second place, and this is a huge one, study. I think, again, we skip prayer, we skip study, and we just immediately move on to application. How do I apply this? But there's a lot of things wrong with this because we're missing some real meat here. And, and it's not easy, you know, but you don't have to have a degree in order to study the Bible. You don't. Literally everything I use is ex- that I study the Bible with is accessible online or it's a cheap book. Seriously. There, it's not like you, you have to have a degree to study the Bible. I mean, there's, of course, some things that could come along with that. But you have to say, what, when you look at the scriptures, what's that being said about God here? And I think there's three things that come into play here. And um, I, I, I made them easy. They're, they're C's. I'll make them easy for you. The first is context. Like, what's the context of this situation? Because we can easily take things out of context. That happens all the time with certain scriptures people are, like, passionate about. And, like, they don't even know what's surrounding the events in which that said. Or ones people use to refute that. Most of the time when I hear it, I'm like, you don't even know the context. You're, like, way off context. Uh, you're taking that statement out of context. I wonder how many times God looks in our life, and maybe it's been encouraging to us, but, but often we do that and. We're misusing what he's really trying to say to us in the moment because we're not kind of studying. We've already skipped application. How can I use this? But instead of God, what's actually happening here? Can I take five more minutes and figure out what's actually going on? What are the events surrounding the ideas that are surrounding this? You, you become Sherlock Holmes real quick and, and just figure, use your context clues on what's going on. And again, you don't have to know everything about the culture, everything about the whole book. Um, there are some that it helps. Like the, the further you go out, like when I, I really study the Old Testament, 
Um, I'm, I feel like I'm much more of a scholar in the New Testament as opposed to the Old Testament. So every year my New Year's resolution is to become an Old Testament scholar, is to kind of better verse myself. But when I read like a, a chapter, I, I always begin to just work my way out, and I want to read the entire book. So I get a full context. And so over time, it, it's probably more, maybe even more effective for our journey as opposed to just popping around into scriptures every single day. Start somewhere and like finish it. Like some of us have a real problem finishing that. So this will be like a, you know, big like champion thing for us. But challenge yourself to like get involved in something. Like dig in. Like try to learn what's actually happening, not just a little application for this moment, but where we actually get what's God is happening, what's being said about God. I think the next thing is culture. Understanding the culture that most of the time we look into the Bible and we look at it through for 21st century American Western culture. And not ancient Middle East culture. Like, it's completely different. Um, it was a completely different political system. Where they had come from religiously is completely different. The, the, the problems um, are very human, though. And that makes it a very simple thing. We always get the human connection because they're people. They were having some of the same family struggles we were having. And we can make that, con, you know, that connection there uh, to, the, to uh, that part of the culture. Um, but there's all kinds of resources out there of commentaries and different things that you can look at and understand the culture better because it, it brings to light so many things um, in the text, that things that we might, when we hear them talk about money, we think of one thing. We think of the, of, of the currency and just kind of businesses running. But for them, many time, times, it was whatever they made is what, whatever they harvested, whatever they, they had sowed, they had done. So it's a completely different life. We don't live in that. We run to Publix and pick up what we need. The third thing is confirmation, and this is where, again, even if we get context and culture, I think this one is as is, is important as anything, and it's that we're actually looking for confirmation. Okay, God, I think this is what it said. So before you say this is what it's saying, say, I think this is what's being said here about God. I think this is what's being said, but let me find some confirmation, because we get into a dangerous place, and this is where most of us live, is um, we do what's called proof texting, and we'll take one scripture and try to prove everything from this one scripture. But, but it's, there, like I said, there's unity in the diversity. And so I think there's uh, this understanding that we need to grab and, and see the full picture. Because maybe this says this, but this also says this. So as opposed to saying it's this or it's this, let me make sure I understand the full thing about what's being said of God. That there's unity in this diversity. And that I can actually understand this better if I if I study on this a little bit. Does that make sense? And you begin to build this web around these ideas, um, whether it's, it's salvation or marriage or um, relationships or, or whatever it is, uh, and confirmation from other people, people in your life that have led you spiritually, people, not just you know, Joe Shimo that knows nothing about the Bible, but someone that actually would help you kind of understand what that's actually being said. I would love for our church to be kind of begin this culture where we're just kind of, hey, what do you think about this? And we're actually diving into this, not to like get in some argument, which is most people's like journey in Bible stuff. They just want to argue about stuff. Like, hey, can we just like grow? Like uh, most of the time I don't grow out of arguments. I just get mad and I actually get worse. <laughs> I'm less equipped for righteousness. I, I don't appear like it. But when it's pure motives from each time, like, hey, what do you think about this? I really actually want to know. I think God could be speaking something to me about this. Uh, so, so I think that the second piece, study, is huge. So what's being said about God here before I skip to the third one, which is application. Application. And what is God saying to me in this? Now this is, this is where it gets into the nuts and bolts, not just the study and everything that's surrounding and understanding. 
but study, God, what are you saying to me? Like, I, I know this is what was going on with them right now, but I think this is where the word of God really can become alive to us, and that it's not just for someone else 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, um, or the person, other person in this room, but to me. I was having lunch with uh, some friends this week, and we were just talking. It's amazing how years in between or months in between of reading the same verse, you can come back to it, and it can mean something completely different. And that the Word of God is, is life. It, it's like li- alive. I mean, it's alive and well, and that it, it can speak to us just individually um, with what we're going through and allowing God to say, hey, this is where that applies now. You know, I can do all things through Christ is like a, a big scripture for everybody. And really, that was in that whole talk about context, he was really talking about finances. He was talking about just God sustaining him financially. And that hey, I can do all things. Like I can make it with this amount of money or I can make it with this amount of money. I can do all things. It's about finance. So immediately that verse that we've always thought is now has a different context. And that's a, let's look at the cultural thing. Okay, well, what did it look like for him to make money? Paul was kind of making money, you know, just doing whatever he could, you know, to kind of get by and do missionary work, and the churches were supporting the missionary work. You know, so what is God saying to me? This idea of, of application, I think it's where it gets real practical, but it's so spiritual. And I, I think we, we don't take this far enough to the point that's like, okay, God, this is what you're telling me to do. Now what am I going to do about it? I think we always like, yeah, God, God wants me to do this, and then that's kind of the end of it, and we'll kind of forget about it. And my always question is, is okay, what, what's God telling you? Now, what are you going to actually do about it? You know, it, it's nice to have, okay, so that's, that's the plan. That's, what we're, that's the goal. That's what we're supposed to do. So what's the plan to get there? If we don't make a plan that's really going to help us succeed, like we can't expect different results. We're just going to keep taking it, and, and we're basically discarding these incredible words, the incredible moments in which God wants to grow us up. He wants to correct us, rebuke us, train us for all righteousness, to be equipped for every good work. He wants to do that, but we're just basically discarding some of these words because we've never made a plan to actually kind of, you know, put these in place. We've never leaned in, if you will, to what it's saying. And I think the last place that we need to be is back to prayer. I think it's, it sounds so simple, and this is just my, this isn't like a perfect way. This is how I feel like God's taught me to do it, process I kind of go through. Prayer, study, application, and then prayer again. Like, okay, God, can you help me? Like, I'm a weak human. My, my flesh is weak, but, but I know you're strong in, 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 in my weakness. And I pray that, God, how, can you help me live this out somehow? So it's starting with this super simple prayer. Like, literally, if that's all your prayer and it's honest, God, I'm ready for you to speak. That doesn't take long. And then if I end, God, help me to live this out. Help me to live these truths out. I'm not saying you don't spend more time in prayer on the front and, and back end of your Bible study, but just add it there. Like, just add something there, whatever it is, and let it be real and honest where you really want to live these things out and not rush on. Sometimes we feel like we've got to take these giant chunks, and really all we probably need to work on is just one verse. Hit a, hit, hit a spot where it's just like, man, let me just dig into this. Um, and, and not just keep bouncing around all over the place hoping to get something to apply to our life, but really just allowing God to speak and allow it to be alive and say, I'm ready for you to speak. Now help me to live these things out. So here's what we're going to do. Completely change the tone. We're going to do kind of a fun exercise. So I'm picking a book um, that I've been studying just because I've been studying it. I'm going to pick the book of Philippians, and I want, there's like four chapters. Everybody, somebody pick a chapter. Three. Chapter 3. Beautiful. I love chapter 3. Um, so we're going to go to Philippians chapter 3, and we're just going to kind of walk through this together, okay? You guys okay with this? 
Yes, we're going to walk through Philippians chapter 3. Um, let me, let me <clears throat> find us a verse here to focus on. And I'm not going to do this, actually. I'm not actually going to walk through it. I'm actually, what I would like to do is for us to, within circles of, of three to five around you, if you'll just link up with some people. Go ahead and move your seat. Stand up. Move your seat. Link up with three to five people. And if you guys can turn us on some little music in the background, just real light. We're just going to spend five, ten minutes here for just a, a second and just do these things. They're going to leave these up here, and I'm going to give the verse, and I want you to kind of dig in. You don't have to look everything up. Just think about it. Allow God to speak to you. Allow this to be a spiritual moment. Let me give you your verse where I want you, where I want you digging into um, today. Let's go to verse, yeah, if you guys can turn that down, turn that way down. Thank you. Um, let's look here. Everybody with me? I, I kind of move into different places. Let's go to let's let's go to verses ten through thirteen. Ten through thirteen, just three or four verses right there. Spend some just a few moments just digging in. If you guys can put those those last that last slide up. Go through prayer, like have a moment, and just like before you dive in, let's not just neglect what we just kind of focus on. Have a moment where you just kind of dig into prayer for just a second. No one has to lead the prayer, just each person. Before you dive in, allow God to speak. Introduce yourself too, that wouldn't be a bad idea. It's fantastic. I love seeing just this happen in the church. It's really beautiful. This is the kind of stuff that happens in our anchor groups on a weekly basis. So if, here's an anchor group plug. If you're not an anchor group, get plugged in. Uh, this is the kind of life that's taking place just on a weekly basis, getting together and opening the scriptures, going deeper into the word, and just asking God to speak to us in prayer together. It's just really beautiful. The text I gave you, Philippians 3, um, 10 through 13, it's just powerful, powerful text, and, and one that a lot of times we go to, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's like a big popular verse, Philippians you know, three fourteen there, but if you begin to kind of see the context for that scripture, uh, it adds so much as Paul's talking about his suffering and just becoming like Christ. Um, in all of that, it's, it's something that he was going through a lot. And I think we begin to see those things when we study them out, when we you know, grasp the, the whole context of, of really what was taking place there. Um, that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of sharing his suffering. To fellowship in that. It's just so much power there. And so more than anything today, I, I hope we walk away with some, some like, real life tools like to just go further um, in our relationship with God, and that this never becomes just some kind of religious thing we do, or just where we go and we proof text and we find something to just make us feel better for the day, or just to make it through the day, but that there'd be this understanding that this is God-breathed, and God-inspired, and God can speak into our situation, not by us trying to control things and just finding stuff, but just a daily walk with God. I would encourage you, I mean, for me, it's, it's been just challenging myself, because um, just to push myself into just that focus and, and really into a place where, God, I, I just don't want to find you once a day and feel better about myself, but God, I just want to be with you all day. And we're going to talk more about that next week, but I think there's just this real understanding for us today that, that God is wanting to speak into our situations. The, what I love about the Bible is that it's so full, not just that it's got 66 books it's got wisdom literature, it has a, a love book, it has all these psalms, these songs, 
Uh, it has prophetic literature. It has historical stuff. It, it, it has just the life of Jesus. It has all these pastoral letters in which he, Paul just pours his heart out and others pour heart out to the, the, the churches there. And it's so diverse, but it's, it's unified in, in what God is doing and that it's alive. God is wanting to speak in, into our situations. If you've got things going on at work, like real tough stuff, like God can speak in through it. There's wisdom through the text, that God can reveal himself. You say, God, how does this apply to my life? Help me to live this out. If, you, if, you, if your marriage is falling apart, if it's not going good, if, if your relationship's not going good, like, God can breathe life into that, not just through something else, but like through this right here. Like, he, he's given just a life-giving words into that. And so every area of our life, God has something to say. His word is alive, and, and allowing him to just speak through it. Um, is our, our greatest desire today. I want to ask you to stand with me today. <clears throat> and now I just kind of want us to pray. I know you all prayed in kind of our individual groups. I want to pray this last prayer together. God, just help us to live this out. Help, help us like to take some, some tools, some simple, very much simple tools, and God, go further with you than we've ever gone before. Go deeper with you than we've ever gone before to move away from religion, just a, a little piece of meat on, on the weekend to get us through to the next Sunday to a life-sustaining relationship with Jesus and with his holy word here. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this people, God, because I believe they love you. I really do. I believe that their hearts are set on pleasing you. And um, God, we just long for more of you. We long for more of your presence. We long just being equipped to do every good work, God, not just because we're figuring things out, but because you are breathing life into us from your word, God, from your spirit, from one another. The way you've created the church and the body is a beautiful, beautiful thing, God. Help us to live out the things we just done, have done in these past few moments, God, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis as we gather in anchor groups, that God, that life community builds on the person of Jesus, God, and, and, and the character of our Father. Flowing with your spirit, God. God, we thank you for this moment, God. If any of us are in a place where maybe we've never even looked at the scriptures as authoritative, God, I pray that we would cross that line to say, Jesus, you are who they say you are. And I believe it for myself. God, if any of us have questions, God, help us to bring those to you, to bring those to people in this community, to walk further and deeper. We give you praise. Let's just take these few moments just to surrender to God and allow him to speak to us today.